Welcome to Investing Insights, partnered by Right Property Group. This is your host, Phil Tarrant. Well, good everyone. It's uh, Phil Tarrant here. Hey, going. Um, thanks for joining us for our next instalment of Investing Insights with the Right Property Group. For those of you who are new to this uh, particular episode, uh, or if you haven't found Investing Insights with the Right Property Group beforehand, uh, we try and sort of dig deep into some of the issues which are really impacting. Uh, property investors. So um, if you found this from the Smart Property Investment Show, you know I like to share stories with investors about how they go about investing in property. Uh, What this particular podcast is about is that I've uh, asked uh, my buyer's agents and uh, good friends of Smart Property Investment, the guys from the Right Property Group, to come in and actually dig deep into some of the strategies around property investment. Um, We'll look at uh, some of the often complicated uh, terms that you might hear, but also try and simplify property investment so that we can make it not a scary factor that um, might inhibit you from investing property, but make it something that should be able to empower you to go about and create wealth through property. So I've got uh, our regular guest hosts in the studio, uh, Steve Waters and Victor Kumar. How are you going, guys? Yeah, good, good, mate. How are you? Good. So as I mentioned, uh, I like a lot of storytelling around property investment and um, everyone's story is a little bit different. And I think you guys as professionals that work as uh, buyer's agents for uh, investors um, probably hear every single story known to man. Everyone's very different. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people often uh, forget when they listen to podcasts like this, that everyone's circumstances is very different. So you need to make sure that your property investment strategy is right for you. What I want to do today is uh, something which really resonated with me, Steve, when, when we first met uh, all those years ago. You used the term probably from our first meeting around manufacturing equity. And I sort of got yeah. me thinking about that. And I like the idea of manufacturing. It means you're making stuff and equity being something which all property investors which we all want, want, right? You don't yeah. want negative equity. <laughs> no, not You at want all. positive equity. So I want to do a podcast around the art of manufacturing equity. So to me, um, this means essentially either manufacturing equity through purchasing well, so you don't need to do anything whatsoever, yep. or purchasing an asset that you can spend money on and amplify that money so you can turn a dollar into X dollars in, in capital value. So that's the focus for today. You guys yep. happy to, to touch on that? Let's do it. I don't know if that's short term or something that's uh, been banded around so much. Right? No, no, we so made much. it up. I think it's, <laughs> my, it's not my term, is it manufacturing equity? No, no, it's mine. Yeah, <laughs> it's your yeah. term. <laughs> you take stake today. So let's just deal with the definition. What What is manufacturing equity for our listeners? Spending a dollar to make a dollar. So taking something that perhaps is a little cosmetically challenged and you know, we, we tend to steer away from structural renovations because it costs a lot more. There's a lot more inherent danger or risk, so to speak. So cosmetic renovations, something that you can spend a little, make a lot, but it, you've, you've really got to have the combination of buying at under market value as well and knowing what the purpose of the dollars that you're going to spend, what's the result going to be for you, whether it be cash flow or equity. Okay. So let's talk about that process then, identifying under market value property and then yep. securing that property for that price. So if the market says $400,000 for a property and you might find something which is at the $350,000 range, which is hard to find and the skill of a buyer's agent, you typically sniff out those deals, but it actually might be a $350,000 property because the state that it's in today yeah. is what the market says is $350,000. Now, we can talk about some of my experience and the stuff that you bought for me later, but that could actually be a $400,000 property or $450,000 property should you spend a few bucks to bring it to the standard to other properties in the area which get the sort of Yeah, and I think and the really important point here is actually identifying what market value is. As you say, just because you know, it might be really 
badly cosmetically challenged and we're buying it for 350000 but that's probably what it's worth, even though it's potentially under market value by spending the dollars to it. Mm. Because remember, at the end of the day, if it's worth what someone will pay for it. It's whether you can actually you know, see the warts and work with the warts on the property and, and perhaps uh, take advantage of a situation better and cheaper than anybody else. But that's all part of your diligence. That's all part of your research. You know, A lot of people get unstuck with renovations because... They think they can do it in a specified time frame. They think they can do it for a certain budget. And they think that an end product will be worth X when sometimes they get the trifecta of being wrong. And you know, we've seen the, the results of that quite often, even today. Yeah, I think, uh, Steve, with um, when you're talking about renovations, often what happens is that people go to these seminars and depending on how many seminars they are on in terms of re- renovations, depending on the phase of the market and all of those sort of stuff, a lot of people do get caught up in this and they end up actually paying a lot more mm. than an actually okay property. So I, I, I already renovated property. They they see something with, which has been advertised as a handyman special or a renovation potential and they end up paying far more than what it yeah. would have been fixed up. And it's part of every cycle. You know, we talked about this last cycle as well, where we used to joke around saying we may as well just trash our properties and put them on the market because they seem to be getting more dollars than what a, a good conditioned property is. And as Vic says, there's so many courses out there now that advocate and teach you how to be a renovator. Mm. And you know, a lot of them are really good courses, but there's no secrets to it. It's just really that the trick to renovation is the costing and knowing what to do. And buying well. To and begin buying with. well. That's it all it, starts yeah. with that. It comes down to buying well. And, and we'll touch on how to maximize renovation potential by yep. doing as cost-effective as possible. I, I just want to drill down on this this um, concept of under market value. And I talk a lot about it. You guys do as well. And most people bandy the term around at some point. Yeah. It, it's the investor holy grail to buy something for less than what it's worth. Than what it's worth, right? Yeah. But let's talk about that. So what you pay for something is what it is worth. Mm-hmm. The market has dictated that that property is worth X. Yeah. Now, you might be able to see as a, 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 a as professional buyer's agent or myself as someone who does a lot of investing, actually, I can actually create something out of this. It's got a, the blank canvas is, is okay. I can mm-hmm. create something out of this to manufacture that to a point where it can be worth a lot yeah. more. But it is what it is. The, the, the properties, and, and I'll use an example. We uh, purchased a, a property that, that you guys negotiated for us. Uh, must be sort of four or five years ago, that place out at Cambridge Park. Yeah, um, good example. Yeah. We, we, we paid $235,000 for it. It was a mm-hmm. four-bedroom property, uh, Cambridge Park, which is near Penrith. And um, we got it at auction for $235,000. Yeah, That's what the yeah. property is worth, right? Yeah. It was actually worth less than that when you consider it because the bank said, hang on a second, that property is so bad that we're only going to give you, <laughs> land we're going to lend you land on the value, value of the of the land, right? So because it was uninhabitable. Because uninhabitable. That's how bad it was, right? Correct. We renovated that property. Yep. I think we we lifted its its capital growth by about a hundred plus grand. I can't remember mm. exactly, but it's all yep. on on property investment. That today is a six hundred ish grand property. Yeah, six fifty. Yeah, and that's only in a in a space of five years. Five years. But interestingly enough, with that very same property, if you had not have touched it, we bought it for two thirty. If mm. you had not have touched it. It's still probably worth 450 today, mm. just purely because of the, the market growth. So what the renovation has done is it just promoted its its value. Yeah, it just amplified what it could be. Correct. And now, rather than yep. being the crappiest house on on the street that is in, in Cambridge Park, it's not the best one, but it's sort of somewhere in the middle yeah. to probably yeah. the 60 percentage range. And so it's given you equity, but it's also given you really good cash flow as well. Great, great equity, great cash flow. So. That property was under market value, but Correct. it was actually worth what it was worth. Yep. So on that day, on that day, so we were able to see 
the upsides in that property. And this is the trick in terms of the art of That's manufacturing the key, equity. Is is being able to identify that upside. And the upside is not always about equity as we as we mentioned before. It might be the cash flow or it might be in a perfect world you want the combination oh, of growth and or sorry, equity and cash flow. You need to identify where to spend the money. What areas of the property do you need to put the most dollars in to get the best return mm. on that dollar? So let's deal with those two concepts, Victor. So equity, so growth in the capital value of it, mm-hmm. and then also yield or, or the cash flow. So yep. under market value property, okay, let's look to manufacturing equity through through a renovation. We'll, we'll deal with that in a second in terms of how you go about doing that. But the purpose of manufacturing equity is to, to try and make the property be worth more, but also allow you to rent it out to more to help cover the cost of holding that property. That's correct. Or to get a better quality tenant. Yeah, okay. because if, if the property is really shabby, it's well, unlikely. You're going to say shabby then. <laughs> <laughs> I got a filter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so if if it's if it's really rough, you'll you'll more than likely get rougher tenants. Uh, whereas if it's uh, in reasonable presentation, then you're likely to get better quality tenants. And you need to actually involve your property manager to to give you that recommendation taking into account that some property managers may do go over the top a bit. So you need to obviously tone it down uh, and uh, that helps rent it out faster. It helps um, get a better tenant as opposed to not doing anything to it. Sometimes that is a better way as well because you're not actually getting much bang for your buck if you're renovating straight away. And um, it it may be just as easy to drop your rent by $10, get it rented out and then possibly do a renovation down the track when the market is more better for it. And also, if you spoke with your accountant, uh, there'd be better tax benefits of doing it that way as well. Is it possible to, okay, when you look at this art of manufacturing equity, is it possible to achieve both capital growth and also achieve cash flow increases through a renovation? Should you be looking for one over the other? How do you work out, do I wait and hold and don't do a renovation and mm-hmm. and, and potentially decrease the amount of uh, income I'm, I'm going to receive off it? How do you balance all those different things? Yeah, it comes back to where your portfolio is at. So uh, in terms of whether your portfolio actually needs an injection of equity to help you propel to the next property, as an example, or whether it is something that you're doing as, as um, you know, Steve and I have done in our portfolio, on our joint portfolio, where we actually bought a property specifically to create that equity so we could recapitalize to um, start uh, the second phase of buying uh, in that sense. So it comes back to where the portfolio is, what your goals are, uh, and, and certainly in the ideal world, you want both. And a little bit further from that, is it depends on your capital position. So you don't want to renovate just, just for to the renovate. sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. And also take into account that if, you know, if I buy a house for $300,000, spend $20,000 on it, I still can't get a valuer in within a couple of months to get a relevant result. There's, there's that time period that needs to happen before you want to send the valuers in or before the lenders have their own requirements or their own policies. So, Especially it, in today's market. Especially with in today's and... lending environment. So it actually may be better to hang on to the capital that you'd spend or use for the renovation and use that as your buffer or as part of your next purchase, whatever it may be, as long as the house or the unit or the townhouse, whatever it may be, is still in a rentable, safe uh, condition. And make the money work for you. And that may not mean that you renovate straight away. I imagine you guys do this on um, um, autopilot, and that is understanding where the upside for a property is. You, you, you professional buyers, uh, buyers agents, so it's an innate skill that you have to be able to go, I know this market so well that I know this property in this state will get this rent and be worth this much money. Mm. Um, you do it every day. Yep. Um, but for people who don't use buyers agents, um, what's your recommendations around understanding 
whether or not to do a renovation. So do I speak to a real estate agent and say, yeah. how does that work? Because I imagine you probably still speak to agents to get We always do, yeah, because yeah. the market is, is quite fluid mm. and it does change sometimes weekly. And so I would suggest that the first port of call is when you're actually purchasing the property or you're negotiating it and you, you've built up relationships with agents, hopefully, that you actually start to run numbers past them. If I replace the kitchen, is, is it going to increase the value? If I do the bathroom, is it going to increase its value? And then doing the numbers back and forth that way. But on the rental side of things, you should be speaking a lot to your property manager mm. uh, and finding out what the return on your dollar is going to be there if you do do these improvements. Is it going to be a better tenant? Is it going mm -hmm. to be better cash flow? Um, and of course, then speak with your accountant. And this is needs to be all in the one pot. And it has to happen before you actually really go unconditional on the property. Yeah, if, absolutely. If the so you need to know why you're buying this particular asset. Is this going to be a What's the end goal for the property? equity play yep. or is it going to just be a, I'm going to leave it and let it sit there? And, and your recommendation to me on a number of the properties that we've purchased is just leave it. You yep. know, At a point in time, let's spend some dollars on it and look for an upside. But your portfolio at this point in time, you don't need to do you that. You're not need. going to get the upsides. Your money's spent better doing elsewhere and you're touching that before. Absolutely. And, I, and I, the market will dictate as well um, whether you should renovate. Like If you look at the Sydney market at the moment or even over the last couple of years, mm you'd have probably been better off not renovating as long as the house was habitable and safe and what have you, or the property, and actually using that It's going to grow anyway, right? Yeah, it's going to so, grow anyway, but yeah. also using that capital that you would have spent to perhaps control another property within the Sydney market and and had double the effect. Now, obviously, financial positions and what have you change, but you don't always have to renovate Queensland at the moment or Brisbane market in certain areas. It's a bit of a combination of sometimes you don't have to renovate and sometimes you need to in today's market to accentuate the growth or the capital value, uh, sorry, all the cash flow. Here's a really good current example, and we'll use Adelaide as an example. Yep. Uh, so we bought a couple of blocks of units down there, individual, already strata titled, so our clients all got one each, and we purchased them for 200. 225 to 255, depending yeah, on the number of bedrooms. How many bedrooms. Yeah. And they were just purely under market value, giving, I think it was about a 7% yield. This is only going back eight months now, mm -hmm. if that. And because we're quite a fan of the Adelaide market in that particular area, not the whole Adelaide market, uh, today, there are some public buyers in there because we couldn't get the whole block. We got like about 95% of them who have renovated the unit. So eight months later, and are getting in excess of $310,000 for these very same units. Now, if we were to put the unrenovated ones on the market, because none of our clients have renovated it, yeah, there would be some pretty good capital, inherent capital growth there, and we bought under market bought value. Well. Yeah. yeah, But to do, say, a $15,000 renovation on a two-bedroom unit, they're going to be then probably getting $2 for one spent. Now... Even though I've just mentioned the two for one sort of theory or formula. There's no magic formula. There is no magic formula. That's correct. Yes, there are some people out there that teach, mm. inverted commas, that you should get five for one or three for one dollars. But I, I just think that's crap. That's rubbish. The market will dictate that. Correct. And this, but this is comes to your assessment, right? If yeah. you know that um, speaking to a real estate agent or, or your buyer's agent um, would say, you purchase for X, um, we can rent it out at Y and it's going to, you know, because we've, uh, purchase under market value if we wait six months or 12 months we'll probably mm. get a valuation of whatever right and that's yep. understanding the market or we get this particular yield so you, it might cost you 50 grand to do a reno and you might estimate based on research that you might be able to get another 20 dollars yeah. a week rent and you should bring your capital value up to whatever it is based on comparables but it's never going to be one dollar for two dollars never for four dollars never the market will dictate that yeah and and absolutely and on the cash flow side of things there's yeah, people often say, well, should I spend $10,000 on a renovation to create an extra $10 a week rent? Mm. And the quite simple 
and let's pretend capital, so your capital wasn't an issue, the, the really easy way to determine whether you should is the, the return on that dollar is in terms of a percentage. I'm talking about cash flow here. So it's just quite simply, if I'm gonna get an extra $520 a year, so $10 a week, what's my yield based mm-hmm. on that? Just like you'd work out a mm-hmm. yield in purchasing a property. Am I gonna get, you know, say 7% return on that invested money versus keeping it in a bank account getting 2% or and, and 1%? That's, that's pretty pertinent. Uh, one of the clients I, I uh, recommended recently not to actually do a renovation. It was gonna cost him $25,000 to renovate this particular house. I got him to explore with the property manager, if he just dropped his rent by $10 and rented the property out, give it a really good clean and rent it out as is, would he be able to get a tenant, a, a good tenant and, and hold that property? And the answer was yes. So uh, he's lost $500 um, uh, in, in cash flow a year, but he's managed to save his 25 watt K, which is a deposit on another property or part of a deposit on another property. So you need to look at it from a holistic point of view. Um, the reality is that with these changes that, are, that have happened with the, with the federal budget, so one of the big changes uh, that happened was the depreciation rules. In other words, you've got to spend the money before you can claim depreciation on fixtures mm, and fittings. And fittings right? yeah. So there will be a run of investors that are going to chase that dollar and therefore go for these renovation potential properties, which would mean that potentially these renovation potential properties will be a lot more expensive and sought after than a already renovated property. So that's just a, a, a um, heads up to the listeners is that you know, you've got to do your market research. You need to make sure that you understand the market that you're buying in and know the suburb, know it street by street, so that you're actually looking at it from a perspective of, okay, if I did spend the money on it, am I really making money or Am I just doing the renovation for the sake of doing it? Just for the sake of it, because everyone loves to do a renovation, except maybe you, Vic. Oh yeah. uh, Expertise. (laughs) Remember that expertise can be bought. I've done done hundreds of renovations. No exaggeration, but I can't even drive a nail straight. Yeah. Yeah, So you don't have to be a renovator. (laughs) I I, 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 want to grab your point, Victor, because I think it's a, a very good point, and um. A couple of remarks I would make what, around the, that. What, the ability not to do a renovation? No, no, I've seen it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, t- two comments. Number one would be um, for our listeners who don't use a buyer's agent, who mm. like to do it themselves, and that's cool. You're up against people like the guys at Right Property Group who do this all the time, and they, they, they know these markets inside out. So if you get carried away with the idea of renovation, if you get carried away with the the glamour of choosing colors on mm-hmm. walls and stuff you know typically you're either not going to buy well or you're going to overcapitalize on renovations and and your point about uh looking at things you can't control so changes the budget which is influencing depreciation but the flow and effect of that being that more people might seek renovation oriented yeah. properties because they can think they can spend a couple of bucks to get a couple of bucks back mm-hmm. you know uh what well, spend three get one back in terms mm. of um a tax a tax um uh, outcome but match that with overcapitalizing spending money on a property that's not going to allow you to really get too much more rent because yep. the market might not dictate that there's so many moving parts associated with that's this right, that yeah. it's a minefield you know it, i wouldn't it, do it, it myself I, no. I, do, I wouldn't be confident to make that call mm. and and of course uh, we've known of many stories where uh, you know partners have 
broken up because of renovations because yeah. they can't see eye to eye. You know, but don't you guys yeah. have a really good referral thing with um, uh, uh, family law solicitors? <laughs> so, uh, where you wreck a, wreck a relationship <laughs> through a reno. Go, here you go. Here's a, uh, <laughs> okay. Ambulance chases. Yeah. No, not, at, not, at, not at all. Re- renovations. Renovations bind together relationships. Yeah. That's what I find. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's that's uh, for a different topic. <laughs> That'd actually be a pretty good topic. It would be, actually. But just but, uh, now coming back to Victor's point, but let's do the flip side. So yeah. away from tax for a minute. Let's talk about the the lending environment and wanting to perhaps recycle your capital mm-hmm. after you've done a renovation, so to accentuate its value and get a valuer in. Because of the lending environment today and perhaps the downward pressure all the way through to the valuer, who are completely independent, of course, mm. there might be a little bit of pressure but on them and a little bit of doubt within the market on them to actually value well. Yeah, let's say in, in inverted commas. So perhaps a house that is in run-down condition, yet still habitable, obviously, and very safe, and it's still renting, versus one that's been, you know, cosmetically enhanced, or it may get the better valuation, not just purely because it is a better house and it's cosmetically better, but just because you, it's a more saleable, mm. less risky item between a valuer's ears or in their eyes, so to speak. So v- renovations might on the other hand, actually come into play when you're looking to get a better valuation in today's lender, lending environment. Absolutely. Because I think the sting will come out of the market um, from a confidence point of view. And that means everybody, from the purchaser to the lender to the valuer. There is, as I said before, so many moving parts of this this sort of art of manufacturing equity. and um, So that's why the best thing to do is just keep it really yeah, simple. Keep, keep yeah. it simple. And I think, Always keep I it think simple. With, with the lending changes and all that, the first thing that you need to do is, if you're negotiating on a property or looking at buying a property, is make sure that the lender is going to support a earlier valuation. So what I mean by that is when you're going back to uh, recoup your money, um, is the lender... Are you, are you still able to qualify for a higher loan with that particular lender so is one, one point. The other point is, does the lender have a policy where they will not allow you to top up your loans within the first six months, as an example? Or a cash out. Yeah, or a yeah. cash out, yeah. And, and then the um, equally important point is that, let's say your renovation budget is 20000 Double it. Mm. Because you know, things, will, things won't go according to plan. Unless you've done that thousands of times, even then you'll have the surprises. Well, let's, let's talk about that. So double the budget because of a million different reasons, but probably the main one is try and get a tradesman at the moment. Especially in today's market. On the yeah. eastern seaboard, yeah, you just can't get them. They'll name their own price and then there's a waiting time to get them no matter how... So how waiting time means more holding costs, which... Mm-hmm. Add, all adds up, yeah. Now, unless, of course, you want to do the work yourself, which we call sweat... No, another sweat. term that I phrase. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> here, sorry, one of Phil's phrases, sweat equity, um, which does pay dividends. But then Just you, on that, all the things I've lifted from you guys, oh, sweat equity, right. pigeon pairing, <laughs> which yeah, you sort of spoke about. <laughs> I always sit back and we listen to you yeah, with other people saying, yeah, that's I always out. disclose it, so I'll get it from someone Bread and butter yeah, properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not the only one that does it, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's all right. It um, feels in the mail. <laughs> so I think people really need to be true. They need to be real. Um, you know, renovations aren't easy. They're very rewarding. And yeah. if you if you can get a system down pat, like if you're that person that wants to get in and not just project manage, but get their hands dirty, so mm-hmm. to speak, there is it is a pretty simple uh, process to do it's a renovation. Rewarding. It's yeah, it's it's quite re- repetitive. Well, let's, a, let's chat about this then. So so how do you spend? So the goal is to spend as little as possible for the maximum upside. So maximum upside being growth in capital value and growth in yield. Right. So. 
uh, I've seen you doing, and, and we've done a number of Renaults um, uh, that you've offered me advice on. And and you walk into, I watch it. You walk into a property, and your mind just goes. You see it all in one. One. I've got to do that. Got to do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So let's try and get some of that info out of your brain. When you work walk into a a property, what are the things you look at that you know that if you were to spend a few bucks on it, you're going to maximise yield and growth and actually for me it starts at the curb because mm. mm. start it, thinking like a valuer yeah a, and a tenant or a buyer just yep. you know from whichever direction you have to think of i suppose so mm. i'm looking for me i'm looking at the facade whether it's a curb appeal, block, another, curb appeal. Uh, yeah <laughs> that's it right don't get a what is it don't get a second chance to make a first impression, first impression. Yeah. it um so i'm looking for me the front door and the gutters because you know, if you've got rusty gutters or some of that, they, they stick out. So paint them, paint your fascia board. Paint out the green. Paint out the mission brown. Mission brown. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, but the front door is huge to me. And, and you know, clean lawns, no gardens and all that sort of rubbish. Just have it lawn. And what's your thing? Red bark. Red Just, bark. Yeah. Works a treat. It, yeah. um, and then once I'm into the, into the property, and sorry, the, the front door, like make sure it fits properly. Doesn't you cost like you. You really it. like it. I remember you always go front door fill. Paint, paint that red. You know, so yeah. make it a feature. Make it look yeah. like. Make it look warm and inviting. Absolutely, because you imagine you think of yourself as a tenant or a buyer coming into the house for the first time. They can't get the front door open because you haven't you know, fitted it properly. Yeah, like or it's swelled up in the wet weather and yeah. you give it a kick at the bottom. So but, yeah, and and we like, we speak to valuers all the time, and all these sorts of things they add up subconsciously mm. to make you know to give them some sort of direction when they put pen to paper. Yeah. Um, so as you walk in, as you open the front door. Massive on paint. Paint is probably the best value for your, for your money spent if you do it correctly. So don't be the person that says, you know what, I'm going to paint the walls and I'll save on light switches, so I'll paint the light switches. Or I'll paint the light fittings. Yeah, and I've seen it. Mm. It's, yeah, it's, so do it and do it properly. If you can't paint, and I'm yet to meet too many people that can't paint. Except me. Except I'm looking at Vic now. <laughs> it, um, then hire someone to do it. And, and get them to do a good job. It makes all the difference. Best bang for the dollars. And then, of course, there's your big ticket items. So there's your kitchens and your bathrooms. But it's amazing how many times we see people get caught on the kitchen and bathroom areas where they'll get three quotes, but they'll be from three random companies. Let's talk kitchens. And you know, quotes on a three-bedroom standard house are coming in for the kitchen at 25000 or or 15000 or something like that. I'm like, that's just crazy. Like... Obviously, prices have gone up, but you can have someone come in for a standard kitchen and you'd be out of there for 8000 and that's mm. everything. So yeah. we're talking about tilers, mm-hmm. flooring, you know, sparky for that particular Oven. area. Oven. Yeah. Then obviously the bathroom as well. So you know, save yourself some money. Don't tile to the ceiling. That's overkill. Uh, yeah, it's not Kirribilli. It, <laughs> um, and, and just keep things standard. And, and for us, when we talk about standard, we, you know, we started, we got a colour stylist in yeah. and we got them to pick out several colors on which we can use for certain different properties with certain aspects and what have you. And to this day, we still use those colors. Mate, a testament to that, I the last reno that we did that um, that you sort of gave me some advice on, um, I've still got a tub of that paint there you go, in my see? mum's garage mm-hmm. waiting for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll come around and get it because yeah. I've got a... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on special at the moment. So we use the same color and it's a neutral color, obviously, and we use it everywhere. It doesn't matter what state. The um, same kitchen design. Same kitchen well. design. What's really funny is that I, I can look at properties on realestate.com and I know, <laughs> I know if you guys have been there. That's <laughs> the same tiles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a DIYer, is that right? DIY? Yeah, yeah if, okay. Usually the, 
the rule of thumb is for every sort of three renovations you do, the fourth one will be free in materials. Yeah. So you'll have enough Look paint Look after left. your materials. Yeah, yeah, there'll be enough paint left over. There'll be enough tiles left over. But don't be the person either that, that goes too far in trying to save a dollar. And and uh, my pet hate is like plastic tap handles Yeah. that you'll get from, you know, Bunnings Which for a buck break, nine. Break in a year. They break yeah. in a heartbeat. So get mm. get decent quality stuff for stuff that gets used a hundred times a day, such as your tap handles. Mm. Same with carpet. If you're going to mm. put carpet down, don't get the cheapest stuff, the cheapest stuff which is thin as. And then of course renovate to the demographic. So only and the only reason that comes into my head that if I if I look, um, I'm talking about carpet, of course. If I look to some areas of say Sydney, because this is where we are today. Um, there are certain parts of, say, perhaps the Parramatta Railway line where I will not put carpet down. I'll tile instead, purely because of the demographic. Yeah, it's a good point. And so it, so it re- renovate for purpose. Renovate Absolutely. for the demographic. Yeah. Um, not to your taste, but not to, to your, what's going to get you the, and the big result. This is a big thing, because a lot of people get carried away. You know, They get emotionally invested. And to your point early, earlier, Victor, the mm-hmm. decisions around this needs to be made on a spreadsheet. That's it's right. It's about the numbers, and mm-hmm. that's yep. based on sound research and intelligence. So that's where the decisions need to be made. When you say, I've made a decision to renovate, yeah. How do we maximize the renovation? Where do we spend the money? And you've outlined some of them right now. But a lot of people sort of start and they go, oh, wouldn't it be nice to do X? Or, yeah. oh, I might just do that. And, and it just, just blows out of proportion. You've got to sit down abl- ab- at, at the absolute get-go, mm. create yourself a budget and don't deviate from it. Obviously, yeah. plan for the best. That is to keep on budget. Yep. You know, Sorry, hope for the best, plan for the worst. And that is you're probably going to spend more than what you want to. Yep. But if you stay on budget and buy materials correctly and you're willing to roll up your sleeves and do a bit of your sweat equity yourself, yeah. um, go and do it. You'll save a dollar. And landscaping's a big one. Like, and I just, I just remember uh, Cambridge Park. Yeah, actually, where you guys were doing. I got your my own... mum out there. Playing I know. <laughs> Talk about sweat equity, right? <laughs> but I, I remember you guys were laying all the turf. Yeah, um, saving a fortune. You did mm. the, the gut out or the strip out yourselves. Yeah. You saved a fortune. We pretty much did. Things that, and this is another point. It's probably another we can cover it another time. Um, but the balance of do you do it yourself and uh, versus getting other people to do it. And, and I quite enjoy Renault. I, I get a lot of satisf- satisfaction mm. out of it. I'm probably a little bit more uh, uh, capable than Victor is. I can do most things. You know, I can yeah. tile. I can, I can pretty much do everything except that isn't specialised trades like plumbing. That's the key. Yeah. Or, or, or electrical, and you shouldn't touch that stuff. So any of the sort of the, the unskilled labour, mm. if you have the time, and that's the, the key The key here, is if you have the time, then mm. do it yourself because you will save massive dollars a handyman for an example is 55 bucks an hour yeah um unless you're earning 100 dollars an hour then your time's your time mm. but any of the skilled stuff um any of the stuff that requires licensing such as perhaps plumbing especially being a, or an electrician sparky yeah. yeah absolutely you don't want to touch that stuff no. it's it's and just you have not a duty of care to your tenants as absolutely well. you don't, you don't absolutely it's such a slippery slope and i see people try and cut corners going i'll just rewire that light yeah never never ever don't ever. touch it it's really good but you know for me personally i love to renovate i love get my hands dirty uh, but i'm conscious it's time as well so mm. um the reason why well one of the primary reasons why i use a buyer's agent not the fact that they can do everything they can do better than me is that i'm time poor right you know like my weekends my family time and Absolutely. i'd love to be renovating but yep. i prefer to spend time with my family so 100 i'll i'll um i'll get most of my renovations done by people who are uh, and it's cost effective though it's like, cost effective you might want to cost it's time time is worth a lot time is know. money and if you're going to go out there just on weekends to paint your property it's going to take forever you'll be there for four weekends i had a podcast the other day and uh, i won't dwell too much on this but it was a, a young couple great young couple and they done really well out of it but uh, the guy was a, a carpenter and it's, they yeah. took a whole year to renovate a property with no one in there you know mm. it's like 
cash flow, you know. Yeah. Cash flow. Um, yeah. Anyway, they got a good outcome out of it. So we're going to have to wind up, Steve. But um, and I'll direct this question to you because I've had some experience with you in that um, you do a renovation. Yep. For all the reasons we've spoken about, you need to wait a bit of time for it to percolate, and uh, whether that's waiting for the market to uh, recognise the value of this property, or it's waiting for uh, a lender to be comfortable enough and say, "Oh, that's now worth." $50,000 more than what you paid for it X mm. number of years ago. So you got to wait for that time in the market. But then there's also the perception of the valuer. So you mentioned yeah. how you can create an experience for the valuer. So mm. um, from curb appeal through the front door through to a great, great mm. thing inside. But if it's a short period of time between X and Y and you spend a lot of money on a renovation, how can you best package that property up for a valuer mm. so you can best um, highlight to them what you've done with it and therefore should uh, quantify a much higher valuation? That's a good question. So the reason to get a value in a short period of time would usually mean that you've made a massive difference to the property, or you would I hope so. So what we uh, always do is we'll, we'll take photos before the, the renovation starts, so in its worst possible condition, so that yeah, not only do you remember what it's like, but you're going to show the valuer uh, down the track on what it was like and where you've taken it to. And then you'll show progress photos. And then you'll also make a list of exactly what you're doing and how much you're spending all the way through to the finished product. And, and this is what's really, really important. You need to put yourself in a valuer's shoes and you want to become the valuer. So you're going to create a report just like they would. So you'll jump and jump onto the computer and use tools such as RP Data, as an example, um, maybe realestate.com, domain, whatever. And you're going to get relevant sales history to what you have. So apples for apples, you're going to value this property like a valuer would. And you start to create the report with number one Smith Street is, you know, the same product as this and it's sold at X. And you're going to get as much of this history as you can around about the same time. And this is the important thing. You don't want it from years ago. You want it within a three month So you period. can you can control the perception of the valuer through... Uh, no, you, I would never say that. No. Um, they would... But, but you can, You're helping them. You're helping them. Yep. But you, you're, you're helping them do a lot of their work. That is... This is like for like comparable properties. Correct. Okay. Giving yep. the substantiation. Yeah, but yeah. the biggest and look, some valuers love it, some valuers hate it mm. uh, because you, yeah, they might think that you're telling them their job, but it's not. It, yeah, they don't get a lot of money. They got to do a lot of valuations in a day, and sometimes they miss comparables. Yeah. So you want to make sure they don't miss those comparables. But the the I, I think the biggest key when you create this report is that you need to get at least two real estate agents market appraisals. So if you're going to sell like it. Get a letter and say. Get a letter hey, on their letterhead and say, if we were to market this property and put it That's a great sale, tip. Yeah, yeah, it'd be X because that's from the, the salesperson's mouth, so to speak. And then if you have the relationship with your buyer's agent or your real estate agent uh, or your property manager, I, sh I should say, give them this report bound up nicely, just like a valuer would, and have them meet the valuer on site. So they need to have that communication and rhetoric is when the valuation is going to happen and then hand them the report mm. and speak to them. That doesn't mean shadow them. It doesn't mean get in their way. Let them do their job. Let them do their job. Just give, give them, them a little bit of a help. Yep, give yeah. them a little bit of help and then just walk away. Good point. Okay. Good point. So lots of um, lots of uh, concepts we've spoken about today and um, you know we, we've only really touched on them and um, it'd be risky me not to do a standard disclaimer in that this is just a, a general conversation that we're having. Obviously everyone's, as we touched on, circumstances are different. So you need to make sure that when you go into any financial decision that you um ensure that you got the right support and advice there so um but to wind up victor um you know you guys would be happy if any of these terms uh, people don't really understand completely you're happy to have a chat with them absolutely and, yeah so what are they how can they get in touch with so you so they can uh, write to us questions at uh, writepropertygroup.com.au 
uh, that's R-I-G-H-D, or they can um, uh, send us a private message on the Facebook page, okay. um, or just uh, reach out on our website. Mm. I do encourage you to do that because, um, um, you know, I, I like this, the whole art of manufacturing equity, there's so many different components of it through great research and buying well and renovating well and and really and it's the big point is understanding how that fits within your total strategy and what you're trying to achieve through property investment obviously through property investment we're all trying to create wealth Mm -hmm. um it's a a, it's an inherent um uh, aim of of everyone but um i'd also make a point that you want to have a bit of fun along the way as well absolutely you've got to enjoy it right you've got to enjoy it you've got to enjoy it you know you've got to enjoy and and renovating is is something where uh for a lot for a lot of people who um you know, may not be in a position at work where they uh, can can dictate the growth of the business or um, you know their 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 particular um, you know career path. You know, this allows people to sort of take control and uh, get some skin in the game and have some fun. So absolutely, but just remember, you don't have to renovate. It's mm-hmm. only there to amplify the potential. Yeah, good summary. Um, all right, nice one. Thanks, right. guys. Really Thanks, enjoyed mate. it. See you next month. Yeah, we'll be back next month. Um, if, uh, as I mentioned beforehand, if you're new to this podcast, please uh, scroll through all the uh, previous issues. We've covered uh, quite a lot, and um, um, you know I'm sure you'll enjoy them. But um, as Victor said, uh, get in touch, touch with them uh, if you'd like to uh, have a chat with it about any of the different concepts that we've spoken about. We just want to have a chat in general. Um, I know from experience that uh, these guys are happy to have a chat, and um, you know just to just to really you know chew the fat and understand where you're at. So I um, uh, look forward to being back again next month. Bye bye.